It's Friday in the octave of Christmas and the feast of St. Sylvester. Welcome to today's Christmas cast. Maybe it's much too early in the game. But I thought I'd ask you just the same. What are you doing? From The Church's Year of Grace by Pius Parsh God's children still live on earth, computing their time in terms of days, weeks, and years. Each unit makes an impression, particularly the great cycle beginning the civil year, and the transition is marked with celebration. In her liturgy, the Church does not celebrate this transition from the old year to the new. The devotion held in certain churches are the expression of popular piety. The Church, in her mysteries, already lives on the timeless level of eternity. Nor has the Feast of St. Sylvester a relation to the Christmas mystery. It belongs to the most ancient feasts of the Church, and Christian tradition has assigned it a fixed place on the last day of December. St. Sylvester died on the 31st of December in 335. He was buried first in the catacomb of St. Priscilla, above which a basilica was dedicated to him. Here, Pope St. Gregory the Great gave his celebrated homily in honor of his sainted predecessor. St. Sylvester now lies buried in the church of St. Symmachus. His feast is numbered among the oldest of the Roman Church. He is one of the first saints to receive public veneration without actually having died as a martyr. Sylvester reigned as Pope from 314 to 335, succeeding Pope Milchiades. Because of his banishment to Mount Soracte, he was considered a confessor and counted among the martyrs. During his pontificate, the church began to come out of the darkness of the catacombs. He was a friend of Emperor Constantine, confirmed the first general council of Nicaea, gave the church a new discipline for the new era of peace. He might be called the first peace pope, after centuries of bloody persecution. A series of illustrious basilicas were erected during his reign. Numerous legends dramatize his life and work. For example, how he freed Constantine from leprosy by baptism, how he killed a ferocious dragon that was contaminating the air with his poisonous breath. Such legends were meant to portray the effects of baptism and Christianity's triumph over idolatry. For a long time, the Feast of St. Sylvester was a holy day of obligation. The Divine Office notes, He called the weekdays feria, because for the Christian, every day is a free day. The term is still in use. Thus, Monday is Feria Secunda. From From Advent to Epiphany by Father Patrick Troedek For our Lord, it would already have been an incredible lowering of himself, even to take on an angelic nature. Yet, as St. Paul points out to the Hebrews, God lowered himself even further. He went so far as to assume a human nature. That is not all. Indeed, the Word, in becoming man, could have at least taken a glorified body. It would certainly have been in the normal course of things that the divine nature glorify the body to which it was so closely joined. Yet Jesus preferred to know all the miseries of the present life outside of sin. He knew hunger and thirst. He suffered from the cold and heat. He felt weariness. He knew anguish and sorrow. And above all, he suffered the most horrible torments throughout his passion. See then how far this second lowering took him. 
There remains to consider still a third degree of lowering himself. Indeed, our Lord could at least have chosen to be born into a rich family, into a famous town, a sumptuous palace. It would seem the least we could expect, that the King of Kings be born in a universe corresponding to his infinite majesty. No, not at all. That was not the plan of God. Our Lord did indeed will to suffer and die in a great town in Jerusalem in order to endure a greater humiliation, yet he willed to be born in a forgotten corner, isolated, withdrawn from the world, far from the noise and agitation, in a poor, wretched stable. O Jesus, who accepted such annihilation in order to conquer my pride and my disordered love of my ease and of the false pleasures of life, help me to detach myself from the goods of this world and from the inordinate love of myself, in order that I might rejoice in spiritual goods and reach the eternal happiness of heaven.